0: Hi, this is Sam Chan and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Today, I want to talk to you about crisis, observations in crisis and leading in crisis. Actually, I'm going to give you 12 observations and then I'm going to talk to you about 13 Uh, points as to how to leave in crisis. So in the next few minutes, you're ready? I'm gonna give you 25 points. Each one of them has its own meaning. I could take either any one of those 25 and teach for an hour on any of them and so can you. So what I wanna do in this one is just to talk about crisis, what my observations are and how to lead in that crisis. So here's the deal. We're living in crisis times. Would you agree with me that if you're a church leader, there's crisis? If you're a business leader, there's crisis. If you're a nonprofit leader, there's a crisis. In our world, everywhere you turn around, there is a crisis going on. So here are my observations when you are in the middle of the crisis, when I am in the middle of a crisis. Some observations. Let me give you 12 observations about leading in, about cri- what to do in the middle of a crisis. Number one is you have to understand that leading in crisis is different from leading in normal times. Let me say that again. Leading in crisis is different from leading in normal times. So it's going to be business as usual. You're going to be thinking as business as usual. Your, your, your mindset has to shift. There has to be a reset in your mind that helps you to know that we are not doing business as usual. Number two, when there's a crisis, we either freeze or we focus. We either freeze or focus. Uh, for example, I have seen people in a car wreck uh, in March, my wife and I were hit head on by a drunk driver on a road in Atlanta and I had a broken sternum, my wife did, her hands were broken, knees were busted, uh, we are still recovering from all of that and uh, getting back to normal as best as we can. But I remember there were people laying on the ground at that time. My wife and I, the hurting and bruised, and I mean there was all kinds of stuff going on. In a crisis, people either freeze or the focus. Finding focus is what you are looking for. Number three, the sentence that has to be in your mind is there has to be away. Recognize the challenges also bring opportunities. So for example, every, every place people are making money, ask us of this question, what was the problem? What was the crisis out of which people are making money? So for example, uh, when the Twin Towers were attacked in the United States on 9-11, that was a crisis. But also out of that came the TSA, out of that came special kinds of screening machines, out of that came uh, screening buckets, all kinds of cameras and, and security systems came out of that. So everything that is monetized at one time was a problem. So all opportunities come during times of crisis, never waste a crisis. Number four, I wanna give you a a quote from Napoleon, the great uh, leader. He says, leaders are dealers in hope. That means it's in times like these that leaders develop and rise to the occasion. Leaders see a crisis and bring hope to that situation. It'll be okay. We're gonna do right. We're gonna manage this thing. We're gonna come out of this. This is not the end of the world. So if you're a leader, In a crisis you got to bring hope to your people here's a challenge though number five over time people lose their focus and start to treat the crisis situation as business as usual what at one time used to be a problem a crisis people start using it as usual so there are four needs that the people you're leading have in crisis four needs people you are leading have in crisis let me give you one two three four one. One, people have a need for clarity. This is not time to be fuzzy. This is not time to be vague. This is not time to be ambiguous. This is not the time to speak in riddles. People need clarity. Number two, they need to have steady emotions. Steady emotions. Listen, as a leader, you can have a breakdown later on. Not now. Right now, You've got to have steady emotions because people are teeing off you. People are getting their cues from you. So as you are leading your emotions, so is it gonna be with the leaders. Number three, the need to take action. People are asking, your people are asking, what should we do? What should we do? What needs to happen now? Need for action. In action, is gonna lose you your leadership equity. And number four, the need, need for security. They need to know you are there, it's gonna be okay, you're gonna bring them out, and they need to know that. So before I go any further, if you are joining me right now, just do what I always ask you to do. Go to the chat button, hit the chat button, and tell us where you're from. I'm from Seattle, Washington. I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. I'm from London, England, wherever you're from, just tell us where you're from from the chat button. Number seven, in times of crisis, your creativity comes to the surface. Uh, This is where you stay flexible and focused and understand you got to think outside the box. Remember my first point was, it's not business as usual. So creativity is gonna come. Now do not shut down creative people. This is where the creative juices are gonna come and you're gonna see the best and the worst of people during crisis times. Number eight, inspire others with your example. Build morale, build morale, build morale. Lead people in ways ways they feel like you are the leader. We're gonna take this mountain. It's gonna be okay. It's tough times right now. It is cloudy days, we don't know what's going on, we don't control a whole lot, but whatever we do do, we have good morale among us. The next one is kind of tough to do because it almost sounds uh, uh, contradictory. Don't think emotionally, think emotion, think emotion, think, so it sounds contradictory but you cannot be in the middle of the crisis. It is not your feeling orientation. You've got to think sequentially, logically with a cool head. Number 10, you gotta say this to the to, to yourself. I can find some of the answers, but we can find all of the answers. Let me say that again. That's a great sentence. You might wanna tweet that at Sam Chan. I can find, Some of the answers, but we, W-E, we can find all of the answers because teamwork makes the dream work. I can have some answers, but we can have all of the answers. Number 11, manage and deal with conflict. In the middle of crisis, there will be conflict. There shall be conflict. Write it down, there will be conflict. But you've got to manage and deal with conflict. You cannot sidestep conflict. You gotta shut it down at that moment. Because right now, conflict is going to distract you from where you're going. And finally, number 12, the people who are the most blessed are the people who stay faithful in hard days. Can I tell you something about crisis? During crisis time, watch your team. You will discover leaders during times of crisis. Generals in the army, don't get stripes on their shoulders or medals on their chest. Generals don't get that during peacetime. Generals get that during wartime. So you have to ask yourself one simple question. Who is rising to the occasion? So now I wanna give you 13 points how to lead in crisis. Before this, I gave you 12 points of observation during crisis. Now I wanna give you 13 points of leading in crisis. Number one, accept your feelings. Your feelings are not right, not wrong, but they are yours. Your feelings are your feelings. So accept them, whatever they are. They are your feeling. You don't have to go around justifying that, talking about it, just accept this is how I feel. Not right or wrong, good, or bad feelings are yours. Number two, collaborate. The question you have to ask yourself is, whose help do I need? Whose help do I need? Do I need to call 911 if you're in America for an emergency or other numbers in other places? Do I need to call a friend? Do I need to call an attorney? Do I need to call the police? Do I need to call my insurance agent? Do I need to call my elders? Do I need to call my board? Uh, Do I need to call my consultant? Do I need to call my coach? Do I need to call my husband, my wife? Collaborate. The first question is whose help do I need? In crisis, never be afraid to ask for help. Well, never be afraid to ask for help anytime, especially in crisis. Number three, coordinate. Coordinate. That means you bring a number of pieces together. That means that You have to coordinate schedules, coordinate people, coordinate assignments, you coordinate. Number four, give up turf issues, territories. You might be the primary leader, but during this point of crisis, there may be somebody else who needs to be part of that. Somebody else may need to take a lead on that. So just because you are the senior whatever, may not be the appropriate person to lead during this crisis. So people have to give up their own turf. Number five, deal with the crisis at hand. This is not the time for analysis. When a house is on fire, put out the fire. How it started, what should have happened, what didn't happen, what could have happened are great questions and need to be answered, but not now. Right now, put the house on fire out of the fire. And then says later, action now. Number six, seek advice, get counsel. I'm amazed how many people have a crisis and have nobody to call on, nobody to consult with, nobody coach them through, nobody to calm them down. Nobody to say to them, it's not as bad as you're thinking it is. It's not a big problem. Seek advice. Number seven, be a peacemaker among riled emotions. So in crisis, emotions happen. Feelings happen. People start conflicting with each other. Start arguing with each other. Blame game starts taking place. At that time, quiet it down. Later on, you can deal with it. But at that point, Quiet it down. Be a peacemaker. Number eight, provide a safe place to talk, but without simplistic answers. A safe place where people can process out their thoughts, process out their feelings, process out what should have happened, shouldn't have happened, all of that, but no simplistic answers. Number nine, Don't make an enemy list or suspicion by association. Stay away from the blame game because as soon as you blame a person, you lose your ability to think objectively about the crisis at hand. I understand there's a person. I understand that, I get that. Behind every problem, there's a person. Behind every solution, there's a person. I understand that. But during the middle of the crisis, deal with the crisis and the person next. Number 10, don't draw premature conclusions because life is not linear. Life is not A, B, C, D, E, one, two, three, four, five. Life is looped. It can go from A to F, back to C, and on to H. Life is like that. It is all looped. It is all scrambled eggs. So don't think like you can jump to conclusions because as soon as you jump to a conclusion, stop being objective. As soon as you have a conclusion in mind, then in your head, it's all settled. It's not that easy. Life is not simple. Life is more complicated than that. Number 11, (laughs) this is for the religious folk who are watching me right now. Don't be holier than thou. Well, we are better than them. At least we didn't do that. You know, it could have been. You don't have to go through all of that. One of the greatest places people understand your leadership and know that you are a leader is in times of crisis. In times of crisis, you are being watched. Your leadership can escalate exponentially if you are aware of the fact that leaders are made during times of crisis. How you manage the crisis, how you collaborate, how you coordinate, how you bring everybody on board, how you are a solution orientation, how you have hope for people can escalate your leadership. Number 14, number 13 and 14, sorry, number uh, 11, uh, 12 and 13, lost my numbers there. Number 12, pray, pray. If you're a believer, pray. If you're an unbeliever, pray. If you never prayed before, pray. If you prayed a thousand and ten times before, pray. Because God answers prayers. He'll answer your prayer if you know him as your savior. He'll answer your prayer if you have never heard of Jesus. He will answer your prayers, pray. And I want to leave you with Job chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. I usually don't do this, but I think it's important in times of crisis. Job is having a crisis. If you don't know the story of Job, he was a married man with children. And uh, uh, there's a big drama in heaven and uh, devil and and God are fighting over Job. And Job's everything that he has is destroyed. His children are killed, his house is taken, his land is taken, his animals are taken, or his wife is still alive. And Job is having a hard time in this crisis. Everything is gone. Bam, 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 like overnight. In two days' time, everything is gone. And I want to leave you with two sentences. And then, uh, Ryan, uh, you can... uh, Take it from there and ask me the questions that have come in. If you have questions, send them in to Ryan. I'm happy to answer your questions for you. Here are the two statements Worshipping God is always right, blaming God is always wrong. I want to give that to you again. And that is out of Job chapter 1, verse 20, 21, and 22. Let me give those two sentences again and then Ryan, you can take it from there. Worshipping God is always right, blaming God is always wrong.